0: Thank you for the blessed privilege of sharing God's word with you today. When prompted by the Holy Spirit to minister to someone who is going through a trial, the worst thing we could do is nothing. When we are inspired to pray for, call, give a word of encouragement, or help someone, God's speaking to us. If we ignore his call, we will pay a price for it. As we are inspired and obediently respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting, we are blessed to be a blessing, and God will reward us in ways we can neither ask nor think. Have Bible pen and paper hand.
1: Why do God's people choose a downward path? Listen, many saints take a downward path because their thinking is so low and small-minded. That's why. Their minds are low. Their minds are small. My friend, you cannot You cannot. You cannot advance any higher than your thinking. You need to write that down. That's why you say, why well, can't I'm not getting nowhere. Check out your thinking. You cannot advance any higher than your thinking. I've never seen so many small people, small minded people. Uh, Just as Jonah was in the lowest part of the ship, he didn't just kind of get kind of low. He went low. And some saints go low in their walk with the Lord, low in the church, low on their jobs. Jonah was in the lowest part of the ship. Some of you are in the lowest part of your life right now because you have a small view of God. Now, let me tell you something. God is as big as he going to be. You can't make God as any bigger than he is. God is, is vastly, indescribably big. So big you can't go around him, so high you can't go over him, so much depth, so deep you can't go under him, so much depth you can't go through him. God is an incomprehensibly, indescribably big God. Why don't y'all say Amen. He's a big God. But now, why do you say you're a Christian and your view of God is so small when actuality, he's so what? Big. He's big. And that's why you can't have a successful Christian life. Your view of God is so small. You have no vision. If you do, it's tiny, teeny tiny. You have no expectations. You don't expect God to move in your life. You have no excitement. I guess I come up here and stand and usher. So-and-so may not come. May not come. I guess I better be a greeter. Or oh, 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 I haven't been to church in two months. I better show up because they'll take me off the membership role at that church. Keep your name on the road. you come just enough to keep your name valid. No excitement, no enthusiasm about the possibilities of what Christ can do through you. The scripture says in Philippians 413, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. When you begin to believe God that way and act on what you believe, God will do great things through you. But you gotta believe God, and you gotta believe that God can do it through you, and you gotta be excited about your potential in Christ and begin to uh, walk in that light. You are always, uh, many, 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 many of you are always saying what you cannot do. Not only are, are some of you at a low point in your life, but you also pull others down with you. You low, And because you're low, you want everybody else to be as low as you. It's low, just low. Low in the mind. Low in the thinking. Look, And some of you are like crabs in a bucket. You don't have to put a top on a bucket of live crabs. Just leave the top off. Put live crabs in there. Put about 15 of them in there. Take the top off and see if any of them come out. You know why they're not coming out? Because by the time one, get halfway to the top. They get the claw. They want to get the claw and shoot. Here come another one. Shoot. Another one. Shoot. Some of y'all just like that. Y'all dream killers. <laughs> you vision killers. Time somebody begin to get on their feet. You say something ugly to them and wipe them out. You no good. You can't do that. You, you never done that before. Uh, what? in your family, never done that. What make you think you can do that? Crab. (laughs) Stop being crabs in a bucket. Stop being jealous of other folk who are succeeding. God has a will, a plan, and a purpose for your life, and the same God that did it for them will do it for you if you straighten up your life, walk with God, and live holy. Anyone who chooses to rebel against God is headed toward a downward path of devastation and destruction. On the other hand, the Lord elevates those who obey and follow his instructions. Beloved, you get to choose in life which way you want to go. Church, which path in life are you on? Is it the path of life and righteousness that leads to heaven? Or is it the path of wickedness, rebellion, and destruction which leads to hell? Is your choice. Let me transition and I'll be finished. I, I know we're going to get through. Ooh, there's so much in this message, but I'm going to take my time because who knows when I'm getting back to Jonah. So i might as well just take my time and preach it at the pace that God gives me. Amen. What are the disastrous consequences of rebelling against God? What are the disastrous consequences of rebelling against God. Do you realize rebelling against God has some disastrous consequences? And you don't want God's consequences. Believe you me, you don't know who you're playing with. Well, let me get the first one: is when you rebel against God, one of the one of the consequences of this is this: unnecessary stress and anxiety. Do you know sin will stress you out? <laughs> Jonah got stressed before it was over. We're going to talk about that uh, a little bit later. But Jonah got stressed. Sin will put stress on your life. Sin will put worry on your life. You'll be running, nobody's behind you. <laughs> that's, right, that's how messed up you are. You, sin, sin will confuse you. You, you don't know. you. you you just get out of it. You you're just stress out. Your blood pressure go up. Tylenol can't bring it down. Your blood your, 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 your blood pressure medication can't bring it down. And I tell you what, you need Jesus. And when you get right with him, he'll do what the blood pressure medicine can't do. My pressure can't go down. Maybe it's, it's spiritual in nature. Yeah, I ain't saying no, I don't take your medicine. Take your medicine. Don't you sue me. <laughs> take your mess and take
0: everything. Take it on time.
1: But you make sure you are spiritually right with God. Okay? Your heart beat faster? Can't sleep at night? Some of you not fit to live and too mean to die. Sin will stress you. You want me to stop now? <laughs> I think I'll give you just a little bit more. I'll give you, because I, I give you too much, I choke you. Okay? I got more message than you, than you got time. The second disastrous consequence is this loss of God's provision. There is a blessed subtraction to get your attention. God provides you food, clothes, home, jobs, 401ks, benefits, all this stuff. A lassie, kitty cat, too. <laughs> Y'all got some strange animals. <laughs> I'm scared to go to some of y'all's houses. So strange. So strange. Lost. I love animals, but some some animals I'm scared of. You know, I better. But then let me go on. <laughs> Loss of God's provision. There is a blessed subtraction to get your attention. He starts subtracting things. All of a sudden, you wonder why everything is decreasing. It's getting your your attention. And the things that you used to have, you don't have, and you can't find it anymore. Another consequence of of rebelling against God is a loss of God's protection. And Satan wreaks havoc in the lives of those without God's protection. I want God's protection. I want God to go with me. I need God. It's too many evil folk around me. It's too many folk that hate me, don't like me. You say, what? Don't like Drake? How can they? He's just a nigh nice, bald headed preacher. How can they not like him? I got enemies out there. I got folk that, that, that hate me. Can't stand me. You look at me. Don't frown don't at me. You got some folk that hate you too. You just don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody ain't your friend. You got some of the same folk you drink with. Will mess you up take your wife take your hug look <laughs> he bust up <out. laughs> yeah everybody's not your friend you probably real, you got a lot of acquaintances a lot of associates but you can count your real friends on one hand and have a couple of them left over you better make sure that God's your friend what a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and greeds to bear. What a privilege we have to carry everything to God in prayer. He better be your friend. Everybody don't like you. Everybody don't want to see you succeed. Everybody don't have your best interests at heart.
0: If you think that Jesus was perfect,
1: did it all right, the Savior of the world, God in human flesh. They sped on him. They cussed him. They tried to trap him. They, they played games. They did so visually Eventually put him on the cross. His own creation put God on the cross. And you sitting there here talking about, I got a lot of friends. You know what, script, let me give you a scripture. Scripture says, whoa, be unto you when all men speak well of you. That's Bible. If you haven't torn that page out. <laughs> oh God. Help me. So 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 you got that one? Uh, so you, you got a laws of protection, then you have divine chastening. God disciplines his children Because he loves us. He loves us. He disciplines us because he wants to correct us. Uh, He he disciplines his children in order that we would look more like Christ. That's that's why he disciplines us. You know what? He chastens those he loves. Who says, you crazy if you say, I'm beating my child because I just feel like whipping him today. That's sick. That's sick. You, you, you discipline your child because you want to bring the, the greater good out of them because you want them to make some adjustments and you want to let them know that you're not playing with them. Okay? God, he chastens those he loves because he loves us. He wants to correct our ways that we make some spiritual adjustments to align ourselves with his word and his will and that we would look more like Christ. When We're not looking like daddy. He says, I got to help you look more like me. So I got to, Bring some pain in your life so that you can look like me. So when people see you, they see Jesus. Okay. What's another consequence of rebellion against God? Separation from God is another consequence. Now you don't want to be separated from God. This results in an inability to hear God. An inability to hear God. It results in unfruitfulness. When you're separating from God, you have nothing to show for your life. When you're separated from God, there's a spiritual dryness. You can't shout. Can't say amen. Can't wave your hand. Can't smile. Look like you've been baptized in lemon juice. There's a dryness about you. When you're separated from God, there is a broken fellowship with Christ. Your fellowship with God is broken. You see, uh, let me transition. Those who genuinely love Christ will have a heart that seeks after him. You know you are contrary to God's word and will when you seek to go from the presence of the Lord. Verse 3a says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know you are estranged from God when you think you can escape and run away from the presence of God who is omnipresent. Mark this passage. Psalms 139 verses 7 through 10 says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. My friend, you are wasting your time and energy attempting to run away from the Lord, which is a mere exercise in futility. It is absolutely impossible to escape God who is everywhere present. Therefore, surrender your life to Christ today and allow him to be Lord of your life. If not, Shamu may swallow you up. All the the big fish aren't gone. Oh, as I close, all oh, the Jonas aren't gone. I just wonder, are there any Jonas in the house today? I remember so well. I've been giving you bits and pieces of my calling uh, every Sunday as I preach this message. Because I remember when I was a renegade preacher, when God called me when I was 18 and I heard the voice of God. The, and then I played a Jonah and I ran. I told you about that story. And how I went into the music field, how God used the stage and all that I learned on the stage musically was actually preparing me for the ministry. And I was miserable. Uh, I was struggling. I thought if I were going to die, I would stand before God. He'd be so disappointed in me because I didn't yield to the call to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. At 18, I didn't want to be called reverend. At 18, I did not want to be called preacher boy. I, 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 nobody in my family was a preacher. My daddy wasn't a preacher. My granddaddy. God, why are you messing with me? So I kept playing Jonah. God knows how to hear you in. So I remember one day, I was on to sing at a luncheon, and I took my little old 68 Chevy that didn't have any air conditioning. And I was driving up into a major hotel downtown Houston to sing at this function, and I was going, I took the car, and you know how you, when you're going round and round, up and up? And so God put me in a big fish, He caused my car to go out between the floors. I was stuck between the floors. I could not go up. I couldn't go down. I could not even, you know, even open the door, Boop. You couldn't, you open the door, mm, you hit the cement because, you know, it's narrow. And I was, I tried to start the car and start the car and I said, I'm going to be late. I start the car I got to get back to work and start the car. It wouldn't say a word. And I just sat there and I said, oh, my God, I can't get out. I can't go up. I can't go down. I'm trapped. And I said, oh, God, you got a sense of humor. I I was talking to God just like I was talking to God. You need to talk verbally to God. I said, God, you got a sense of humor. I said, I know what you really want me to do. You really want me to preach. Okay, God, I give up. I really give up. I'm tired of playing. I'm playing games myself. I know I can't really play with you. So God, please, in the name of Jesus, if you really want me to preach, I put a put a fleece out. Like get in. I said the next time that car would not. I stood there that car would, I covered. I said the next time I turn this switch, will you please let this car start as a sign and an indication that you want me to preach the gospel? I put my hand on the key with boom. I said, oh my. God, I went on up and sang, and I was not right the rest of that day. Let me tell you something. God still knows how to put you in the belly of a big fish. And he's waiting. Let me tell you something right now. He's he's got a fish waiting on you. And and that fish is going to move at God's beckoning call. And he's going to stand there with his mouth wide open to swallow you whole. If you don't come to your senses and surrender and do what God has called you to do. If you don't hear another word, I say, don't you play with God? Don't you procrastinate on God? Don't you uh, put the decision to come to Jesus Christ off Right now, Jonah could have died. He did, we know the whole story, but in that in that narrative, Jonah didn't know he was going to be spit out. Jonah experienced a measure of God's immense grace, but you may not. And all God's children said, "Let's pray." Father, we thank you for this message. Lord, I know you're real. And I know without a doubt I've been called to preach. I thank you, Father, for calling me. I thank you, first of all, for saving me. I thank you for calling me. And I've seen the fruits of my call. I've seen you do great things in my wife and I. My wife and my life, and our lives. I've seen us sell homes, come with babies to San Antonio, a city I didn't know, and start all over. Take a little church and begin to be a missionary to the people that you call me to pastor. I've seen you take me from that church to little YMCA. And start me all over again with just a handful of people. And I've seen you down through these 30 odd years grow the ministry in incredible ways, increase our boundaries, expansion of ministry, expansion of facilities. I've seen people come, be fed grow and do great things. I've seen preachers come out of this church. Deacons come out of this church. I've seen souls saved and souls baptized. I've married sons and daughters and buried sons and daughters. I've seen what you've done through a little African young man that was adopted into our home and and through him was the gateway to Africa Where we have great ministries in Africa and Uganda clinics and and, and all schools and hospitals and, and, and all kinds of things. Great work being done. Surely you have done great work in our lives. I've seen the fruits of the call. Thank you, God, that you didn't give me what I deserve when I was rebellious. Thank you that I came to my sisters because if I didn't, I wouldn't see these people today. And I pray, Father, that you would arrest these who are here. Turn their hearts to you, whether they're young children, teenagers, young adults, millennials, widows, widowers, men, women, boys, girls, whomever. I pray that they come now and say, I will not put God off another day. I'm coming to Jesus now, lest I die and go to hell. In Jesus' name,
0: and all God's children said,
1: Amen.
0: The greatest gift anyone could ever receive has already been given. Jesus paid the price in full. He loves us so much that he desires a personal relationship with all who surrender all to him. We have direct access to our Lord and Savior through the indwelling Holy Spirit. We owe him everything, yet the gift of salvation is free. Don't waste one more second. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.